welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Church, you want to open up your Bibles to the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 21. While you turn there, I hope you enjoyed revival this past week. What a fantastic week it is. I greatly appreciate all the folks who helped prepare four meals in three days at our church. We had a, uh, just a, a, it was a busy week, you know, revival, several of you even said, it's like VBS for adults, and it just, uh, it's exhausting, but it's very fruitful, and you certainly feel and see the power of God moving with that. Uh, Ronnie texted me yesterday and gave me an update. You know, he left here and he went to Oklahoma City and he came in fifth place at the National Team Roping Contest. And he said the only reason why he didn't come in second place is because his partner messed up. <laughs> so if his partner hadn't made that mistake, I'm sure he, he said he would have, I don't think he would have won it. He, he it kind of indicated he would have uh, been the runner-up in that. But more exciting than that, he told me that he, you know, they had a church service uh, yesterday morning for all the folks there, the, the cowboys, I guess, at the rodeo. And he said 17 folks got saved. So that's very encouraging. So it was uh, wonderful to see that, that he was able to lead even more people to the Lord. And this morning he's preaching at some church around Houston. So he is on the road all over the place. But we did. We had a fantastic revival, and it was one where we definitely saw and experienced the Spirit of God moving in our life. One of my highlights is after about the uh, first or second day, Esther, we were at the house, and Esther came up to me and said, Dad, you're a good preacher, but Ronnie is really good. <laughs> I said, thank you, Esther. Thank you for your honesty with that. That's always encouraging to, to hear that at home, but... All right, open up your Bible this morning to 2 Kings 21. This is going to be a message here. It's kind of a post-revival, and I'm going to tie it in with uh, somewhat what is tomorrow. Tomorrow is Halloween, and sadly, Halloween seems to have really changed from when many of us were much younger. Well, it was a lot different. It was basically, it seemed, at least when I was growing up, Halloween was just a neighborhood candy giveaway. That's what it was. And now it seems to be getting darker and darker of uh, so much of what's going on um, with, with that. We went to McConnell Springs, what was that, Friday night or so? We went there one day this week, and they have this uh, pumpkin thing. I'm sure some of y'all were there too. You walk through all their sidewalks and you see their different pumpkins, and we were looking at them and go, why, why does it ever have to make a skull? Like, why does it have to just put a silly jack-o'-lantern or something goofy with that? You know, there's, a, uh, there's a, a, a fascination so much with the dead and the demonic. And we're going to see that here in our Bibles, what we're going to look at. And this is a story here about a king. He was a wicked king, and this ties in on the hills of revival because there was a king, I preached on a couple of months ago, his name was Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a godly king of Judah. He led the entire nation into revival, into renewal. Folks got saved. Uh, they uh, restored temple worship. He got rid of all the idols in the worship. Hezekiah was sick, and the Lord told him he was going to die. He prayed to the Lord. God answered that prayer, if you remember, and he received a 15-year extension to his life. The Lord just blessed Hezekiah. 
Well, Hezekiah's son was named Manasseh. And Manasseh, sadly, was just the opposite of his father. And you wonder, how could someone who is so godly, like Hezekiah, the king of Judah, this is during the divided kingdom reign, have a son who literally is polar opposite of his father? How can you go from a nation that is worshiping and honoring the Lord, and it's like a switch went off, and all of a sudden, they're not. And that's what we're going to see here in our Bible, how Manasseh steered the spiritual vitality of worship to the Lord to idolatry for the nation of Judah. And the Bible says he was one of the most wicked kings of all of Judah. And he uh, did unbelievably immoral things we're going to see here. But he was not raised this way. And what's even more sad about this, Manasseh was the long, he reigned longer over Judah than any other king. So for 55 years, these people had to endure just, uh, just increasing idolatry that was occurring. So we're going to be in our Bible, 2 Kings chapter 21. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. Do you all know any 6th graders that you would like to be the President of the United States? Don't raise your hand. But that's what we have going on here. The man's 12. So obviously, right off the bat, he's young. And he inherits a, a throne when he is a middle schooler. So he's 12 years old, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother was Hezlebah. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. And this is what he did right here. Imitating the detestable practices of the nations that the Lord has dis, had dispossessed before the Israelites. So, Israel was surrounded by these other nations that did not worship and honor the Lord. And God had defeated them. God had pushed them back. The main one was Assyria. But then Manasseh here, he comes and he begins to imitate what they're doing. He becomes one like them. There is no distinction. And I think the biblical principle, this just sets up his reign for 55 years. And that's for us as believers. What distinguishes us as Christians in 2022 from all those other people out there? There has to be a difference of you and I at Broadway Baptist Church. When you come into this sacred, wonderful, holy place of worship, something should set you apart from from everything else. Otherwise, why even go to church? If this is not a holy, reverent, God-fearing, God-honoring place, we have just become like everyone else. And it says here in verse 3, He rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had destroyed and reestablished the altars for Baal. He made an ashtoreth, that's a, a, an idol, as King Ahab of Israel had done. He also bowed and worshipped to all the stars in the sky and served them. 
He built altars in the Lord's temple where the Lord had said, Jerusalem is where I will put my name. He built altars to all the stars in the sky in both courtyards of the Lord's temple. So you would actually go to church there in Jerusalem. And instead of seeing a cross, you would see an altar to the stars. You would see a pole to a false god named Asherah. This is idolatry in church. The church had become morally polluted and lost its focus on truth. It was no longer a place of worship. And you see, one of the first downfalls of his 55-year reign was the contamination of the place of worship. When the places of worship here in our wonderful city and country no longer teach biblical truth, no longer hold revivals, no longer point people to Jesus, the culture is just naturally going to follow. That is what's going on here. So much of what we have to do, folks, is that we preserve biblical truth, making sure this is what the Word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord. And we don't back down. We don't pull back on this. It says here, look at the moral depravity that occurs. So that now the church has become corrupted here. It says here in verse 6, He sacrificed His Son in the fire. He's killing His own children. This is what happens here. That's what that meant. He practiced witchcraft. That's what Halloween has become sadly about. And divination. And consulted mediums and spiritists. He did a huge amount of evil in the Lord's sight. Angering Him. This angered the Lord. He thought, how can, how can Judah, my chosen people, who the lineage of Jesus is going to come from, why are they doing this? Manasseh, you were not raised this way by your father. How can you take what was so holy and godly with your father and literally make it a train wreck? Manasseh set up the carved image of Ashtoreth, which he made in the temple that the Lord had spoken about to David and his son Solomon. I will establish my name forever in this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. I will never again cause the feet of the Israelites to wander from the land I gave to their ancestors, if only they will be careful to do all that I have commanded them. God told the Israelites, if you obey me, I will bless you. You will live in this country. You will flourish. Good things will happen. But if you don't, you will lose your nation. Folks, that's a message that could be for us today. Have you ever thought we could lose our nation? Have you, have you ever seen... Could you ever imagine the demise of the United States? I bet there was a time when Hezekiah was the king of Judah. He was a godly king, and the Lord was blessing and protecting their land. And God, they were clinging to this promise. Look, you just obey my commands, and you worship me, 
and I will, I will, I will preserve your country, who you are, your identity. But if you don't, you will pay the price. And that serves for us, our church, our country, your home. A God-centered home, a God-centered church is preserved and honored by the Lord because we live and honor Him. Folks, that's why we have revival. That's why we have biblical preaching. That's why we want to point people to the Lord. This past week, I was listening to a sermon from the president of Send Relief. Send Relief is the Southern Baptist organization of, of our convention. And what they do is they minister to folks in disaster relief or maybe a refugee crisis or people who are living in tragedy. And the president, George Bryant, was saying, he said, when folks uh, are refugees, a refugee is someone who has to flee their country because of war, famine, just horrible things are happening. And for the sake of survival, they have to leave. They just have to leave. There's nowhere for them to go. So they go somewhere else. And a lot of times, all they have is what's in their pocket and on their backpack. They're, they're coming with nothing. And he was saying that that is one of the most receptive times people hear about the Lord. Because they are looking for hope. They are nervous about their future because they don't know what the future holds. And they are welcoming to a gospel message. And I think a lot of times for us, what we're seeing here, Manasseh was just the opposite. And I'll tell you, this could happen to us. Manasseh reigned for 55 years. One of the dangers of living in the same place, the same routine, the same church, the same group of friends, the same company, the same uh, everything at home, whatever it is, you just do the same thing over and over again, is you will find yourself becoming very calloused, very casual to your surroundings. So what do you mean your surroundings? Because it's what you live in. Things that maybe used to, uh, you would look at and say, that, that is profane. It's no longer bothers you. Do you remember, I think it was what, Monday, Tuesday night, I asked the question during revival, I said, who here grew up going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night? We were talking about how frequently, here we are revival, we're going to church over and over and over and over again. Well, some of us, including myself, we grew up, that was, that was the norm. That is what you did. That was the central part of your life. You were, you were there every time the doors were open. I mean, if you were a deacon, you got there early to unlock the doors. And you stayed late to lock the doors. You got there to turn the heater on, the air conditioner in the summer. I mean, it was just, it was how it was. And it's easy to have that type of upbringing. And here in 2022, and now if you maybe come to church one or two, maybe three times a month, that's a regular attender. Just the frequency of your worship has become less. When I believe with Manasseh, what has occurred to this man is he is in a long, lengthy reign and he just naturally became like the other nations. He just adapted their practices. 
Look what your Bible says here. It goes on to say, the latter part of verse 9, the whole law that my service, my servant Moses commanded them. But they did not listen. Manasseh caused them to stray. So they did worse evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. Meaning, Judah had become so immoral, the nations nearby, the pagan nations next door to them, were actually more righteous and more holy than Judah. That's how depraved they had become. Romans chapter 1 tells us, when you start going down this road of depravity, this is where it ends up. There's no end to depravity. Sin just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. It never gets better. This past week, I brush and floss every day. I had to go to the dentist because I went two weeks ago and I had a cavity, so they scheduled the cavity. They don't do it that day. Then they schedule it like a week or two later. So it was this past week, my cavity filling. And the dentist was telling me, he said, Daniel, I want you to know, I'm really glad you had this cavity filled. I can't tell you how many times I tell people they have cavities. And he's like, and it's not an insurance thing, because the insurance will pay for it. They don't have to pay a dollar. But they refuse to get them filled. I, and the dentist, and he was, has to explain to the patient, says, you need to have your cavities filled because they never get better. Like, once you have a cavity, it doesn't matter if you start brushing that afternoon. When you get home, all of a sudden the cavity, you brush it away. When you have a cavity, you have to get it fixed. He says, if you don't, it becomes a crown, then it becomes a root canal. It just, it only gets worse. Folks, that's what sin is like. If you do not repent of your sin, if you do not confess it, if, if you don't address the problem, it never gets better. It's like a cavity. It's going to stay there. If there's problems in your marriage or in your home or in your family, they don't just go away. I'll, let me illustrate this when I was a young man. I got saved when I was 15 years old. Because, you know, during revival, you always think, when did I get saved? What was my salvation story? Because we just had the a power of the Lord uh, move, including our, our home, and it's exciting to see. I was saved when I was 15 years old, and about that time, I had a, I had a friend who I, and, uh, he uh, was, uh, we were close, it was in our little group, and from time to time, he would come over to our house. Well, this young man, I can't say his name because I'm Facebook friends with him, you all go look him up. So, <laughs> he, um, when he was in high school, he started smoking marijuana and he got arrested and thrown in our little city jail and has spent one night in jail until his mom and dad came and bailed him out. He was like 15 or 16 years old. And my dad heard about that. And my father, this is, how, this is godly fathering, came and told me, he said, Daniel, if that, that young man, he used his name, is never again welcome at our house. Ever. He will never again set foot on this property. He's not coming over here. He's not welcome. If I see him, I'm going to make him leave, and then you're going to pay the cost for it. And to this day, that young man, I was like a sophomore in high school. He still has not set foot on our property. And what actually happened is our friendship after that incident with my dad cutting it off, he slowly, we just drifted apart. But my dad recognized 
you know what? If that can happen to this young man, if he didn't intervene, that could happen to my son Daniel. And he stepped in and said, you will not be friends with him, period. He's not welcome here. You might see him at school, can't control that, but he's not coming to our home. He stepped in and cut it off. And folks, that in many ways, that saved me. I'm not saying it's the only reason. I certainly had the Lord. I'd just gotten saved. But he protected me from going down a possible road that possibly I could have gone down with this, with this young man. Folks, that is godly parroting. That is when we have things in our home and we said, no, no, this is not gonna, we're not going to tolerate this. This person is not welcome. You're not going to talk to them. If they turn off the TV, cut the internet, whatever it takes, you go to extreme measures. Manasseh, folks, he didn't do that. He just tolerated it. There was no repentance. There was no one to say stop. No one put their hands up and go, whoa, 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 that, this person's not welcome. We don't do this. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He didn't have that. And folks, we as Christians, and we as godly parents and grandparents, we want to be like Hezekiah, not like Manasseh. Manasseh is the example of the man who just became like everyone else. He just went down the road. Keep going here in your Bible. Last couple of verses. The Bible tells us that, but they did not listen. Manasseh caused them to stray, verse 9, so they did, not, so they did worse evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. Last two verses here. The Lord said through His servant, the prophets, since King Manasseh of Judah has committed all these detestable acts, worse evil than the Amorites who preceded him had done, and by means of his idols has also caused Judah to sin. And then he goes on to pronounce a disaster will come upon them. And that disaster was coming. A few years later, Judah would be captured by Babylon. There, bad things were on the horizon. He paid the price for his sin. One of the neat, unusual things that happened with Manasseh is the book of 2 Chronicles also records these events as well. And the, that book actually tells us in 2 Chronicles chapter 33, verses 9-13, through 13, that Manasseh actually, he did get captured by the Babylonians, but folks, he actually repented of his sin. And at the very end of his life, he turned back to the Lord. But you think about that. How sad. It's almost like Manasseh knew biblical truth. He learned it at home from his dad. He knew what he was doing was wrong, yet he tolerated this stuff all the way to the end. And it was a wasted reign of 55 years. And he led Judah down a road that they did not want to go to. And I think the principle for us, what we want to make sure we don't do, is back in verse 2, when it says, He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, imitating the detestable practices of the nations. Folks, much of our life, we want to make sure we guard against doing that. 
what would be the detestable practices here in Lexington in 2022 that we do not want to find ourselves thinking and believing that way? And you look at what made him so wicked. He just began by first the place of worship became defiled. Then it ruined his family. Then he got involved in witchcraft. And that was the road he was going down. And for us, American life and American influence our life, decade after decade after decade, if you or I aren't careful, it will harden our hearts and we will find ourselves doing and practicing and thinking like Manasseh and the fellow nations. Constantly, we have to make sure we are guarding our minds, saying, Lord, is this holy? Is this righteous? Is this what the Word of God teaches? Because if it's not, it's not for us. And for some of us, we need to be like my dad was. If there's things in our home, we just cut it out. This person's not welcome. They're never again coming to my house. You're never again going to talk to that person. Because folks, if you don't do it, if you don't step up and say no to sin, it's like the cavity that never gets filled. It never gets better. Sin only takes you farther than you wanted to go. And it keeps you there longer than you wanted to stay. Sin all of a sudden takes something that you just think is going to be for a season or a short time. Think about church attendance. Do you know, there's roughly 80 or 90 people that have not returned to Broadway Baptist Church from COVID. There, so now many are worshiping online right now. I bet you know, we were closed, I think, nine or ten weeks. This church did, had internet-only services. If you remember those days, two and a half years ago. Some of those people still have not returned. They still haven't returned. And I want to tell you, that was two and a half years ago. At some point, you say, okay, something that they thought was just going to be a brief season. We've just got to stop the spread. Get through this brief season. It, next thing you know, it ends up being years later. Folks, that's what sin does to you. It destroys your marriage. It destroys your spiritual life. You get out of the habit of godly disciplines and you will, you will lose your spiritual vitality to the Lord. There is a spiritual danger in our life if we are not aware of our surroundings and what can cause us to be led astray. The Bible tells us here in verse 9, Manasseh caused them to stray. And I ask the question for you this morning. Here we are right after revival, after God's done such a wonderful thing. Maybe you missed revival this past week and you didn't really do a self-examination of your heart. Because revival really starts with us as believers. Lord, where do I stand spiritually? And then the ultimate question is I ask you, Lord, have I strayed? Am I no longer the godly man, the godly woman that maybe I was a few years ago? Is my faithfulness and commitment to you not like it used to be? But, and folks, if it's not, 
you are going down the road of Manasseh. It doesn't happen over time. Remember, Manasseh reigned 55 years. 55 years this guy was the king. It probably didn't happen right away. I mean, he became the king when he was 12. I mean, he starts out when he's 12, and then, let's see, 55, what's that? 67 when he passes away. You, that 12-year-old boy was radically different than that 67-year-old man. If you are 67 right now, you don't have to raise your hand. <coughs> think about, if you can think back 55 years, think about, what were you like when you were 12? Did you live at church? Were you asleep like Benjamin here on the front row? Is mommy and daddy just dragging you here and you're carrying your Bible and your offering? I mean, are you literally just, you're, you're, you're in the presence of the Lord? You go home and you, you have to read your little children's devotional Bible with your mom and dad? You had to say your prayer? I mean, it's just, it was a different time. And you look back and go, what, what, Lord, what has happened? I don't even do that anymore. I don't even read the Bible and pray anymore. Do you see how the decades of the surrounding community here in our wonderful city can harden us towards truth and to the Gospel? And I think the message for us this morning on the hills of our wonderful revival, if it can happen to the people in Judah, who followed the wonderful king of Hezekiah and his leadership. God gave him the 15-year extension of his life, Hezekiah. Lord just blessed Hezekiah. Financially, uh, militarily, everything Hezekiah did, the Lord, he was a righteous king. And if this can happen to Hezekiah's son, folks, it can happen to you and I. We read about these stories here. But folks, that could be us. And you say, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to practice witchcraft. You turn on your TV and you watch the garbage on Netflix, what they're doing. That's witchcraft. You're seeing what they're up. You're, 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 you're uh, purchasing this stuff. You're consuming the media. Watching the videos. And you say, he defamed the temple. You... You, at one point, maybe you were very faithful at coming to church. The way we defame the temple of the Lord, I want to tell you how folks do it today. They just don't go. They drop out. No accountability. Back then, they were bringing idols to church. Here, folks, they might not go to church. They're busy doing other things. That's how other priorities have replaced the worship of the Lord. You know, Jesus walked in to the temple. When He cleaned out the temple, He made a whip, and He started flipping over the money changers. And He says, My house will be a a place of prayer, but you've made it a den of robbers. Meaning they're robbing the worship of the Lord. They've stolen from God. I believe if Jesus was here today, He might come in here, and He'd do the same thing. But he wouldn't say, you're robbing my father of worship. He would say, you've neglected my father of worship. It's the sin of neglect where you have forgotten God. Living in a nation. Living in a culture. The folks, we are in desperate need 
of an ongoing revival. And it starts in our homes, it starts in our church, and it starts right here in our wonderful city. And I, I ask you this morning, have you strayed? If that was the first revival this past week that you've attended in maybe years and years and years, bells should go off in your head going, why, why have I not seen and met an evangelist? Why haven't I been to a revival in 25 years? That meant something's wrong. We should live in a state of revival and renewal. We're anticipating and expecting God to do something in our life. But I want to tell you, the reason why we don't is because we found ourselves, we have imitated the practices of the surrounding nations. And for us, it's not other nations, it's American culture. And you and I need to make sure we guard ourselves. Lord, if there's sin, if there's a cavity, if there's problems, I need to cut it off, I'm going to make changes, and I'm going to return to the God. That's what revival is. It's spiritual renewal to God. So this morning I ask you, do you want to experience the presence and the power of God? Do you want spiritual renewal in your life? Do you want to live in the days of Hezekiah, not Manasseh? A massive contrast between those two men. And that contrast exists all around us. You can see it if you look. And daily, we have to choose, Lord, I'm going to live for You. I don't want to find myself imitating these other practices. I tell you, we're going to have our time of responding to God. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to give us opportunity. This entire week, Ronnie's been leading us in a, in a sinner's prayer, in an opportunity to respond. And maybe... Maybe you, you missed that. You had been thinking about it, and you just, for whatever reason, you didn't do it. And I'm going to lead us in a sinner's prayer, and you can pray and receive Christ this morning. We are on the hills of a wonderful revival, and it continues even today. And if you need to get saved, if there's sin in your life that you need to repent of, if there's stuff you need to cut off, like my dad Kick the boy out of the house. You're never welcome. We say the same to immoral and sinful things in our hearts. We come to church and we want the Lord to change us. If we don't ask God to do it, it doesn't happen. I won't go say this prayer, sinner's prayer. I want you to pray along with me if you want to get saved. Dear God, I am a sinner. Lord, please save me. Jesus, forgive me for the wrongs I have committed. Lord, from this day on, I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. The Bible tells us, if we trust Christ with our life, His arm is not too short to save us. He saves us for eternity. Not for a season, for an eternity. And maybe you gave your life to Christ this morning. We're going, to have our, we're going to close this worship service with our opportunity to respond to God. If you didn't make your decision that you were supposed to make this past week at Revival, if you didn't make it then, last Sunday through Wednesday, I want you to walk down forward and take my hand. We'll have some of our deacons up here as well. You come take their hand and say, I want to make a decision that the Lord's placed in my heart. So let's stand together. David Dale's going to lead us. In a song, our invitation song is Just As I Am.
hymn number 411. We're going to sing our songbook. I'm going to be standing front. You come take my hand. Our deacons will be joining me. And we're going to respond to the Lord. Dave, sing together. Come.